Hey! Good evening, everybody. Oh, that was sad. Let's try that again. Good evening, everybody. All right, raise your hand if you like dinosaurs. Who's still? Okay, so, so wait a minute. I'm seeing more hands on that side of the room. See, here's the thing I've found about dinosaurs. When you get older, like somewhere near high school, somehow it becomes less cool to like dinosaurs. Personally, I do not get it. I am 48 years old, and I absolutely love dinosaurs. I, every time I get a chance to go to a museum somewhere, I am there. You can ask my wife who is with me here tonight. If we are within 45 minutes, anytime I'm within 45 minutes of a museum, I am there. How many of you are like that, like dinosaurs? Few of you. See, here's the thing. How many of you have seen stuff about dinosaurs? How many of you had the opportunity to see fossils of dinosaurs in your life? Okay, good. See, here's what I find. Here's what I find. I find a lot of us think of dinosaurs mainly when we see that movie series. Who's seen this movie series? Okay. Now I'm, now I'm connecting a little. Okay. Put your hands down for a second. Put your hands down. Okay. So if it, if it wasn't for Jurassic Park, you and I would not know what a velociraptor is. Like, period. Like, that was never in our vocabulary before 1993. Those of you that are younger than 1993, <laughs> see, which is most everybody in here, right? Yeah, all of you. See, before 1993, the rest of us, Velociraptor wasn't on our vocabulary. You guys have grown up with the idea of a Velociraptor, okay? mainly because of this movie series. The next three weeks, I am going to be challenging your worldview. Your worldview tonight about what you think you know about dinosaurs. I'm gonna be challenging you about your worldview about dinosaurs and the word of God tonight. See, some of you have walked in here tonight and you've thought, okay, wait a minute. Dinosaurs and the Bible, why are we dealing with dinosaurs in midweek, because every one of you have an idea in your head about dinosaurs. And most of you, most of you, it has zero, zero to do with the Word of God. So tonight, I'm going to try to answer some questions that you've probably had that you haven't bothered to ask anybody because you thought they were a dumb question. See, I know it because I was where you are once. I was, I was in ministry, in youth ministry, for over seven years before the Lord gave me an answer for dinosaurs in the Bible. I was way older than you guys. Tonight, I want to give you an answer for that, because I know you have questions about it. And I'll guarantee you, listen closely, there are, you have family members that have questions about it. If you have younger brothers and sisters, they have questions about it. If you have grandparents, check me, check me at Thanksgiving or Christmas. You have grandparents that have questions about dinosaurs in the Bible. I'll tell you right now, I can't tell you the number of 80-year-old grandmas that have come up to me after I've taught about dinosaurs in the Bible and go, I can't believe I've never connected those dots. I can't wait to see my grandkids. 
see dinosaurs. Sometimes we walk into movies, and the first thing we see is this. The first visual image of what movie? Jurassic World. A few years ago, I got the opportunity to go see Jurassic World and then debrief a whole VBS of a church that decided after VBS one night, uh, that week that, that Jurassic World came out, that they were going to invite all of the kids and their parents to their local little theater. We were all going to watch Jurassic World together, and then I was going to debrief them. What's observable and what's not observable and those kinds of things. And I went, oh, I better go watch it first. I'm sitting in the movie theater, and I saw that scene that I just showed you. When the foot comes down, what is the first thought that hits your, your head? Talk to me. Velociraptor. Velociraptor. I have Velociraptor over here. Anybody else have a different thought? See, when I'm sitting in the movie theater, the first thing I, I picture is, whoop, that's a T-Rex foot. Maybe an Albertosaurus foot, like, like my buddy the Albertosaurus sitting up here on stage. This is the, the full-size Albertosaurus cast directly from the original fossils that were dug out of the ground in Montana. This is the same kind of research replica you will see in every natural history museum around the world. This specific research replica is in several museums around the world. His original material has been sold to a museum in Japan. So some of you, when you first came in, you had an immediate question, are these actual fossils or not? These are research replicas. They are just like what you see in a natural history museum. See, most of us walk into a natural history museum, and we're like, oh, sweet, we're going to see some actual dinosaur bones. I'm here to tell you, with the exception of maybe one or two pieces in a natural history museum, the rest are the same as I have, a research replica. That means they're so exact, you could do what with them? Research it. Very good. See? All right. <laughs> Jurassic World. I'm sitting in the movie theater, and I see that first scene, and I'm thinking, T-Rex, Albertosaurus. Is, I mean, it looks. If you can catch Albert's foot up here, if you can see, I mean, it's really close. And then when it pans back, what's that foot actually connected to? A bird. A bird. Woo! I sat there in the theater that night before VBS, because I, I saw it before everybody else did, because I wasn't about to see that thing called turkey. I didn't have to talk about it. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at it, and, and I went, whoo! They got me. They got me. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking an Albertosaurus foot. Pants back, it's a bird! I'm like, what? They got me. What's a present... What's a present being taught worldview connection between dinosaurs and birds? Talk to me. Raise your Talk to me. They what? They evolved. What, somebody else said something over here. They what? Secularism. What else? That, that theropod dinosaurs, like Mr. Albertosaurus up here, Mr. Velociraptor, Mr. Dromaeosaur, I can go on, that many of those, they didn't just go extinct, they decided to have babies through time and that evolved into the chicken you had today for lunch. Wait, how do you know I had chicken? That, 
that wait, check that, that, that dinosaurs evolved into present day birds. Who's heard this idea? Just raise your hand. Don't open your mouth. Just raise your hand if you heard the idea, seen the idea. If you've seen Jurassic World, you need to raise your hand because you got that in Jurassic World. In the first, the first visual image of the movie. Students look at me. It's a movie. It's a really, really fun movie. I cannot wait for three. 2021 is what they're saying. 2021. I, I, I was really hoping it was going to be this next summer. It's not. It's going to be 2021. See, I like dinosaurs. As much as these, this movie series is not a documentary, man, it's fun. Because you know why I find it fun? Because we get to see dinosaurs again. I mean, that's the thing that got me all excited about Jurassic Park when it first came out that you guys weren't even thought of yet. When it first came out, I mean, I went to the movie theater and I went, wow, we're gonna, they're, they're making what? They're making dinosaurs off the coast of Costa Rica? I don't, I'm like, wow, that's like awesome. And they made it sound like it's like a done deal, like science could do that. Hmm. Hmm. See, tonight, my, my time I have with you, I, 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 we think of dinosaurs as what? Prehistoric, right? Who's heard the prehistoric thing? See, here's the thing I want to challenge you tonight. I want to challenge everybody in here, adults included, the word prehistoric is not biblical and you need to get it out of your worldview. Oh, snap. What was that all about? Because well, here's what that's all about. If you've got your Bible, you've got your phone, you've got your pad, open it up with me. If you do not have a Bible app, if you do not have a physical Bible, you've got to get one by next Wednesday night. Okay. Check me. Okay. By next Wednesday night. That's your homework. Hello? You're like, but I hate homework. Just go with me on this. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 says what? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning. Do you know what beginning means there? Have any idea? Beginning of what? Start. Start. That's good. I heard start. Start of what? Time. That means if God said he created everything and he started with time, guess what has never existed? Prehistory. It's simply not biblical, guys. Simply not. There's nothing in this book that I believe with all that I am that is absolute truth. All of it from the beginning to the end. Maybe some of you aren't there with me yet on that. I'm really, really glad you're here. I, I, I am, I've been praying for you. I've been praying that you would come, that you might hear something out of this book, the absolute truth from your creator to you. Tonight, maybe it's about dinosaurs, but maybe it's not about dinosaurs tonight. Maybe it's about a challenge to you whether you trust what this says or not. See, I, I, I don't believe that they're prehistoric. I, I very much believe they're historic because I believe the history of this book, it's actual history. 
It's not just a group of stories. It's, it's historical things. See, if I, if I run over to Exodus chapter 20, does anybody have, anybody have any idea what, is, what we find in Exodus chapter 20? Anybody know? Who remembers memorizing 10 things out of Exodus chapter 20? Ten commandments, very good. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 11, who wrote the Ten Commandments, by the way? God did, very good, not Moses. If you, if you were thinking Moses, you're wrong, okay? God, God actually etched them with his finger. He states that in Exodus. He made them, he gave the tablets to Moses. He got, just got to collect them. So check this out. Check what this says. Chapter 20 of Exodus, verse 11. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. How much of everything that has been created did he say he created? All of it. That means every, everything that has ever existed, who made it? God did. He just stated it by his own finger. That means for our discussion tonight, who made these guys? God did. God did. Who, who, made, who made birds? God did. Isn't it interesting? See, sometimes we never put together that dinosaurs were created by God because we've put them in our worldview, in our thought process, in our belief system. We've put them in some time period that is what again? Prehistoric. Like somehow it doesn't coexist with what this says. But God said he started in the beginning. He started and made everything in the first six days. That's what he says he did in this book. That means on days five and day six... Of all of history, he says he makes things that have wings or have lived in the water. Which means that this guy over here, Mr. Tylosaurus Prorigger, he is over 40 feet long. The reason I don't have the rest of his skeleton. He has four six-foot flippers. That kind of tells us he lived where? In the water. In the water. Now, he breathed air like a reptile. That he was, he breathes air, so does that mean he only stayed in the water and never came out on land? By no means do we know that for sure. How much do we actually know about this creature when all we have is his fossil? See, fossils are rocks. See, he was created on day five. How do I know that? Because God told me he made everything that was ever in the sea in those first six days. He states very clearly in the first chapter of Genesis, on day five, he made everything that has ever lived in the water on that day. That means he made Mr. Padalosaur. <coughs> By the way, he was found in the middle of Kansas, that specific one. Really? It wasn't like on the beach in California. It wasn't like in a, in a, in a, in a lock in, in Scotland somewhere. Hmm. So fossils. See, fossils, most of you probably, when you hear the word fossil, you think, how many think dinosaur when you hear the word fossil? How many, how many gets the visual image in your head of a dinosaur? Here's, what, here's the thing I want you to know tonight. Out of the entire fossil record we can see, dinosaurs are but a few percent of the fossil record. I mean, itty bitty amount of the fossil record. The vast majority of the fossil record is clams. Clams. 
like seashells and stuff, like ocean bottom stuff. Over 90% of the fossil record is ocean bottom stuff. It is not dinosaurs, guys. But do clams make near as good of movies as dinosaurs? Probably. Can you imagine? Mollusk Park. <laughs> so fossils. See, fossils are rocks. Pass that down, please. This is an actual fossil. This is called coprolite. Uh, does it feel like a rock, ladies? Feel like a rock? Yeah. Hard. What else? What else would you describe? Hard. Lumpy. Hard. Right? It, it's kind of heavy. Kind of heavy for its size. Um, this is dinosaur poopy, okay? This is coprolite. Now, <laughs> hey, all you ladies lined up and sat together. That's like my, that's my go-to, okay? So here's the thing. Here's the thing. No, wait, fo focus, focus. I know I said poopy and everybody's losing it. Okay, focus, focus. Shh. One, what should be the question you should be asking me? How on earth do you know that that's from a dinosaur? See, that should be the first question. When somebody tells you they have dinosaur baby, the first question should be, how do you know that? Because you know what? The only way we would know for sure with all absoluteness is what? If we observed whatever it was depositing this on the ground. Hello? Am I right? Just nod with me because I'm right. The only way we're going to know for sure. I don't care if I find this right next to Mr. Albertosaurus up here. Does it mean it had to have come from him? By no means. But see, I, I carry this one with me because has this always been hard like a rock? That is not a trick question. <laughs> okay. This has not always been hard like a rock. See, what I'm trying to break down in your head is this. You have fossil in your worldview, in your belief system. Most of you have dinosaur attached to that word. It does not have to be bones of something to be a fossil. It can be things that are soft. We have octopus, we have squid fossilized. Do they have hard parts, students? No, they don't. So if you think a fossil is always a dinosaur and always something hard, not true. Okay? Not true. See, I'm trying to show you we have to keep studying things. Day five, he makes all water creatures. He also makes everything on day five that is winged. Like, for instance... This pteranodon that's up here behind me, they had wings. Did they fly? Do we know that for sure? Yeah. I have yes. I have no. The, the honest answer is what? We don't know. Have we observed one? We haven't. We haven't observed one. We have their fossils. Now, he does have these very, very special little flight bones right here at his elbows, See, this is his arm. It comes out, ends right here with his little hand with these little claws. But the rest of his wing is actually his index finger. He has really, really long index fingers. <laughs> God designed him very special. <laughs> He's like, whoo, okay. Um, but see, he was a winged flying reptile. That means he was made on day five, according to the word of God. Because God said he made everything in the first, how many days? Six days. So on day six, he... He made everything that has ever lived on the land first on day six. That means Mr. Albertosaurus up here. He would have been made on what day of creation? According to the Bible. Six, right? Albertosaurus, these guys were very similar to a T-Rex. They had two fingers on their little bitty arms like T-Rex. They walked on their hind legs like T-Rex. 
a little bit smaller. They haven't been found much bigger than the one that we have. All right? Kind of special. They were first found in Alberta, Canada. That's why he's named Albertosaurus, an Alberta lizard. But the one that most people want to talk about is Mr. Stan over here. This is Stan the T-Rex. This is, this is a research replica of his head. That's his actual material on display at the Black Hills Institute in South Dakota, Hill City. If you've been to Mount Rushmore and you've been to Hill City, make the little jog down the little main street in, in Hill City and go see Stan. That's his actual fossil material, except for his head. That head right there that you see in that picture is the same as the one that you see on stage. It is a research replica, because the actual head is on the ground. It's over here, off to the side of where he is, okay, in this picture. But see, I, I want you to see how big they were. I want you to understand that this animal had a brain smaller than an apricot. You know, a fruit, small fruit. That's how big his brain was. What does that tell us about how brilliant this animal was? Most likely not, okay? So we hear all kinds of things about T-Rexes. Here's Sue, the largest, in the Field Museum in Chicago. If you've ever get to Chicago, go to the Field Museum. You can see her. She has the same itty-bitty little, you can't hardly, you can hardly even see her arms. They had arms that, that most likely couldn't even scratch their nose with. But we've been told that they are the most ferocious thing to ever walk on the earth. When was the last time we watched him do anything? Students? See, we go see movies and we go, ha, huh, that's cool. They could have chased a Jeep. And then if you pay really close attention, in Jurassic Park 1 is the last time he chased a Jeep. You know why? Because after 1993, there were some, some folks that got together and took the skeletons of Stan and Sue, scanned them, put them in a computer program, and then made them move where they would have guessed where muscles would have attached to their bodies. And every computer modeling program says, maybe 12 miles an hour. Maybe. Upward side of 15. So the good news for you in here tonight, if we find one of these alive, most everybody in here can outrun one. <laughs> and you don't need a Jeep, okay? So T-Rexes, see, we've been told things. We have an image about these great creatures that actually might not be true. See, my challenge tonight is not only about dinosaurs in your worldview. I'm trying to show you you need to study. You need to study. Don't just go to the field museum and read a sign about Sue and then go, huh, we know everything about this creature. Okay? So, dinosaurs. Dinosaurs in the Bible. Turn with me to Job chapter 40 right quick. See, next week's topic is going to be a period of history in here. Uh, that is Genesis chapter 6, 7, 8, and 9. So if you'd like to read ahead for next week, it's chapter 6, 7, 8, and 9 in Genesis. But right now I need you to go to Job, because in Job, there... See, for those of you that don't know what's going on in Job's life, he's had almost everything taken from him. To see how much, to see how much faith he has, if he actually has faith in the Lord or not. If he actually trusts the Lord with his life or not. In here tonight, do you trust the Lord with your life or not? 
It's interesting, in chapter 38 and following, God begins showing Job things that he has made, that he has created, that only answer to the Lord, that have nothing to do with Job. Because he asked Job, Job, did you, did you have anything to do with the, well, with the honeybee gathering its nectar? Do, do you have anything to do with, and he, and he goes through this list of things. And Job would have to say what? No. See, see, Job is being shown by the Lord, his creator. If I care enough to take care of all of these creatures, I made you in my image, and I care more for you. Trust me, Job. And he comes to chapter 40, in verse 15, and he says this. Look at the behemoth. My translation says behemoth, and it has this little footnote down here that a behemoth possibly could be a hippopotamus or an elephant. Okay, behemoth. A big animal, right? That, that's what we use this word behemoth with, right? Which I made along with you, it says, which feeds on grass like an ox. So elephant hippopotamus, do they, do they feed on grass like an ox? Yes, that, that's decent, decent thought there. And then it goes on. What strength he has in his loins, what power in the muscles of his belly. His tail is like a cedar. Now that is not a, an Oklahoma cedar tree. You know, you know what an Oklahoma cedar tree looks like, right? Who's got one of those in your yard? Like scraggly, when the, when the fire comes along, it just goes, what's done, right? Okay? They're horrible, right? I mean, like, they're a horrible tree. Now, wait. This cedar is a large tree. So this animal that Job is being shown, that it said, that he, God says, look at the behemoth. It's a dinosaur. <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. It, but wait. This tail here... Doesn't that tail say large tree to you? <laughs> no. What was, what, what was the other possibility that, the, that my footnotes say? Hippopotamus. Are you ready? Are you ready? Wait for it. Wait for it. There it is. Does that, does that say large tree to you? This group over here. Large tree? But, no, no, that's like a squiggly little bush. Maybe. I will never forget when I'm, I, I'm zooming in on the rear end of this hippo with my telephoto lens to take this picture. My family, I look over, my family is walking away from me at the zoo. <laughs> They're just like, no, I'm not going to stand here while dad takes a picture of the rear end of that hippo. Verse 19, it says this about the behemoth. Eh, let me show you a better tale. Maybe. Huh. Huh. How, how about this one? Wait, wait. Let me read verse 19 to you as you're looking at this screen. He ranks first among the works of God, the largest land-dwelling, grass-eating, big-bodied, big-boned, big-tailed animal to walk on the face of the earth. The largest animals that we know of that have ever walked on the face of the earth are what? Dinosaurs. What specific dinosaurs? sauropods, long necks, like this is Patago Titan. He has now replaced Sue in the field museum, in the main hall in the field. You see the elephant off to the left. You see how much bigger he is than an elephant. I really loved when I walked into the hall, all I could scream in my mind that I wanted to say out loud is, Bahamas! That's what I wanted to do when I walked into the hall that day. I, I refrained to myself. 
Because what I love is it's next to an elephant, which in here says that's what behemoth is. I mean, you can literally look at one tail versus the other, one body versus the other, right here in the middle of the field museum, and they have no idea what they did. They're showing us that the Word of God is showing us a sauropod dinosaur. Look, look at his, look at his tail. Look how little the little people look next to this animal, 129 feet long. His tail, those bones right here, these bones, these right here, they're like five and a half feet tall. They go 30-some feet long. That, that tail screams to me, tree. Job, oh, shh, focus. Job is being shown a sauropod dinosaur. Actually, he's being shown more than one here. Behemoth is plural in the Hebrew. Now, some of you are like, but, pff, like, I've seen Jurassic Park and stuff, and others, like, we, don't, we didn't live with dinosaurs. Dinosaurs went extinct how? Talk to me. Meteor. Who's heard the asteroid thing? Most common. I'll come back to that in just a second. Did we observe, wait, 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 hang on. Did we observe the meteorite, the asteroid that hit the earth 65 million years ago? Did we observe that? No. So that's really just a, it's just a guess. It's just a guess, students. It's a guess. Listen to me. It's just a guess. Not all of scientists, not all paleontologists agree that it was a an asteroid. I'll show you why in just a second. See, Job is seeing a sauropod dinosaur. Not only does the Bible say that he created everything to ever live on the land the same day he created us, which means, according to Genesis, we should have lived with dinosaurs. Job, which is after the section of history we're studying next week, the flood, Job is living three to 500 years after the flood, which means next week we're going to discuss things on the ark during the flood. If Job is seeing a long-necked dinosaur after the flood, where does mommy and daddy's sauropod have to be during the flood? Oh, snap. Wait, wait, oh, easy. See, I, I knew that would just start the... Okay, focus, fo focus, focus. Shh. See, I'm leaving you hanging. You've got to come back next week. So now wait. Dinosaurs and us. See, here's the interesting thing. When you look in every civilization on the planet, every civilization on the planet has some kind of creature that we classify often as dragons. Sometimes they called them dragons. Sometimes they didn't. Sometimes they breathe fire, but not all of them in every culture breathe fire. Not all of them in every culture had wings. Some of them did, some of them did not. The common thread through every civilization on the planet is large reptile. Really? So now wait a minute, what would that echo? That would echo exactly what the Word of God says. We pass it off, oh, check me, students, focus. We pass it off as myths and legends, don't we? We go, myths, legends. <laughs> we didn't live with dinosaurs. <laughs> dragons, dragons, I don't have those. 
You know what? What if we, what if we just exaggerate? We, we never exaggerate about things we deal with on a daily basis, do we? Do we have hunters in here that are getting ready to start hunting? Do we, do we have fishermen and women in here? How big is that fish or that buck that got away that you didn't get last season? <laughs> you don't ever exaggerate, right? Like, we never exaggerate things, right? Hmm. Every civilization. You know, when you go to a Chinese restaurant and, and, and you've seen those little placemats that tell the rest of us who don't have an Asian understanding and culture background that, that, that in their culture, in their background, every year is named after a creature, a dog, a chicken, a rooster, you know, whatever, okay? Pigs, blah, blah, blah. And, and they have these little placemats at Chinese food restaurants that show you what year is what animal. Who's seen those? Know what I'm talking about? Everyone, every, have you ever looked at those placemats? Have you actually ever read the placemat? Because here's the thing. You, you go around the placemat, and guess what? You see all these animals that you know and understand, and then you come to one of them that you go, <laughs> like, right. It's a dragon. It's a dragon. Every one of us have seen those placemats and go, <laughs> okay, so... You understand all the things that they've named their years after in the Asian culture, Chinese specifically, are about things that we have actually dealt with. And then there's that one. Yeah, we know what's going on, right? That it's all myth and legend, right? It's interesting. See, Pachycephalosaurus, the little homed, little domed guy over here, right? Famous for Jurassic Park, or Jurassic World, excuse me, too right? Here's one without a dome, by the way. About the time we thought we had it all figured out about Packy, then we find one without a dome. Oh, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> Some guys from Stanford University said this about Draco Rex Hogwartsia. That's his name, Hogwartsia. But the skull looks strangely familiar to anyone who has studied what? Dragons. <laughs> Dragons. Draco Rex has a remarkable resemblance, these guys said, to the dragons of ancient China and medieval Europe. Look at the head of Draco Rex compared to the head of a dragon in a tapestry in a castle in France. Hmm. Interesting. It's interesting, right? And then let's keep going. Here is a temple. Shh. A temple. Cambodia. Other side of the world. Being constructed and built, they would carve on the sides of their temples things they worshipped. They worshipped everything. They are building this temple 800 years after Jesus walked on the earth. 1,200 years back from now, tonight. Are you, are you, are you with me in history? On this temple, there are creatures that they, that they worshipped, like deer and, and bear and other things. And then there's this guy. What does it appear to be to you? Say, yeah, one of, one of those, right? Now, wait, 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 shh, focus, focus, stay with me. I'm like supposed to be done in 30 seconds, and I got like 10 more slides to go, so focus with me. I want to give you small group time, because you need time to discuss this. <laughs> stay with me, shh. Did we see the, the Cambodian monks that were carving the temple, seeing a stegosaurus and then carving it? No, we did not. So this is circumstantial evidence. That's what we call it in the court of law, circumstantial evidence. 
Yet it's interesting. Did they have National Geographic or Discovery Channel to show them what a stegosaurus looked like 1,200 years ago? See, most likely they dealt with them. See, in case some of you are thinking, well, wait, 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 wait. Maybe they found a fossil. Notice it's not, it's not carved like a fossil. It actually has skin on it. It's not boned. Two, do you know where the first stegosaurus fossil, predominant uh, stegosaurus fossils are found? In the state of Colorado in the United States of America, all the way around the world from Cambodia. Really? Serious. See, I, I could show you more of things that we have dealt with in history in China being carved in jade 2,000 years before Christ <laughs> looks just like, just so happens to look exactly like a protoceratops. Here in North America, there are Mississippi Caddo Indian pots with long neck handles on them. See, if we actually studied the civilizations around the world, it would suggest that the Bible is right. They were made on the same day as us, and we've actually dealt with them. And then, a few years back, by the way, you, make sure you check out the footprint of a dinosaur stepping across a human track up here that I have, found in Glenrose, Texas, just in case you're curious if we've ever lived together or not. See, some of you still have in your brain are still trying to wrestle with they were prehistoric. They were prehistoric. They died 65 million years ago. And then a femur bone was dug up. That's this bone here of a T-Rex in Montana uh, back in the middle 90s. It was dug up and, and check. In the middle of the bone, because they had to break it open, in the middle of the bone, the researcher, her name is Mary Schweitzer, she got to research the middle of a T-Rex femur bone, a very, very large one. She said, the first thing I noticed was, with my eyes, it, the middle of the fossilized, wait, what are fossils again? I already touched, what are fossils? They're rocks. They've been, they've been permineralized. They've been petrified. They used to be bone, but now they're rock. But she said the interesting thing, in the middle of this bone, it didn't look like it was fossilized. It looked more like actual bone. Then she pulled out some of the material out of the middle, and to her surprise, after she washed it as she was trained to do, this is what it did under a microscope. When was the last time you saw a stretchy rock? That is soft tissue from the middle of a T-Rex femur bone. Found back in the middle 90s. Listen to me. In the middle 90s. How many have never heard of soft tissue from a dinosaur being found before? Raise your hand. Isn't that interesting? We've had it almost, we're almost 30 years. She went on to slice some of it up under a microscope, and she's found for the first time red blood cells. Now, some of you are thinking right now, <laughs> I know where your mind's going. Same place my mind went when I first saw it. When I first read this, I'm like, no. Like, woo, off the coast of Costa Rica, we're getting to Jurassic Park. Okay, so, no, that's not... <laughs> It's, it, wait, shh. it's not viable. Not viable. Listen to me. Red blood cells. 
we have red blood cells of T-Rexes. She's went on to find more, more soft tissue, more red blood cells, myosaurs, triceratopses. Uh, actually, see, we're beginning to break more of them open, and we're finding out they're not fossilized all the way through. They're still original, original in the middle. Now, let me, just, let me just ask a very, don't answer the question. Does that scream 65 million years to you? Don't answer the question. I mean, can, can you fathom? See, here's the first problem is fathoming 65 million years. That, that's the first issue I need you to deal with. 65 million years. See, the history in this book, if, you, if, if, if all we had, we didn't have National Geographic, we didn't have Discovery Channel, we didn't have your, your, your earth science class, we, we didn't have your biology class. Listen to me, listen, focus, focus. If this is all we had, this is it, this book, this is it, no TV, no movies, no nothing. If this is all we had, and we read this right here and that's it, and we said this is absolute truth. You know what the history of this book says, how long we've been here? It says 6,000 years, that's it. Which is just absolutely like mind-blowing to you, isn't it? And it's like, I mean, when I first read I'm like, ooh, 6,000 years, that's, that's, uh, that's difficult with dinosaurs until you start finding soft tissue, red blood cells, things in the fossil record. Actually, since 1954, in, in secular, peer-reviewed journals, there are over 107 samples of soft tissue out of every era of the geologic column that have actually been published. Soft original tissue, every era of the geologic column, that will be next week. We will cover that next week, what that means. Some of you are like going, I don't recall the geologic column thing. So let me finish with this. Because I want you to have some time. Oh, by the way, here, here's some osteocytes, in case you're curious for something that's even more fragile than red blood cells. Osteocytes. Google that when you get home. Osteocytes. <laughs> Out of a triceratops. Here, here's, a, here's a really cool find. It's like, he, it's like he just went to sleep. He was just recently found, just, just like two and a half years ago. It's like the whole front half of an ankylosaur. Not the bones, like the whole front half of one. I got to go to a museum in Toronto, and I got to see this guy here. This is Zool, found in Montana. This is his whole entire back. With skin and all of his little keratin spikes on his back. They, that they believe still have soft tissue in them. Entire back. I got as close as I was leaning over the railing as far as I could get to look at the skin. This, see the different color right here? Because that's his skin. See that screen? Students, focus. That means this history is right. You do not have to have blind faith in this book, students. Adults as well. We're never called to have blind faith in this book. Ever. So wait, 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 what happened to him? I mean, if this is right, if the Bible is right, what happened to him? I mean, we've heard about the asteroid, right? Please understand, there are 50, 50 check it, 50 extinction theories published in scientific journals. Asteroid is only one of them. Guess what the most honest answer about why we don't have dinosaurs anymore is? I have no idea. That's the most honest answer we have. 
Maybe it, maybe it was volcanic activity. You know what? Come back next week. We're going to talk about some volcanic activity. Maybe, maybe a couple guys that got a scientific paper published that actually said... See, here's the thing. You, you will come across people in your life that say to you, there's no way you can do science, observe, test, repeat, falsify, verify. You can't do science and believe in this book. Listen very closely to me. There is nothing scientific about that idea right there. When was the last time we can observe them? When was the last time we observed them taking anything out when it wasn't in the movie theater? See, science is observing, testing, repeating, falsifying. That's science. This is worldview. That little green men came to earth, destroyed all the dinosaurs scientifically published peer-reviewed journal paper. And then one of my favorites. <laughs> Couple guys out of the UK have suggested that based on their study of methane gas being produced by cows in feed yards, they're extrapolating out the size of, like a, let's say, a Patago Titan, like I showed you from the Field Museum. If that size of animal is going to eat X amount of vegetation, that means they're going to produce X amount of... <laughs> and that <laughs> is what killed several of them. Hmm, that's an interesting thought. Here's the thing, though. Maybe this is what happened. Next week, we'll discuss this. <laughs> no. Wait, how about this one? Let's go. Far side. I left that Actually, actually, here are five things. Biblically. Biblically, taking this, this book into account. Those may be why we don't have them today. Those are... Those are reasonable, very reasonable, especially that bottom one down there. Shh. So I've been going on and on here about 50 minutes. See, I want to read for you the last verse tonight I want to, I want to, to leave you with to, to think about and chew on. John chapter 3, verse 12 says this. Are you listening? John three twelve says this. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe, Jesus says. See, he's speaking to Nicodemus, who is having questions, because Jesus has just told him about things that he could go see and check. And Nicodemus was not understanding what Jesus was saying. He was doubting about things he could see right now. Maybe that's you tonight. Maybe it's the first time you've ever been in a church. Your friend invited you because they said there's going to be dinosaurs. I don't know. I don't understand what that mean by that. Because I can't imagine dinosaurs on the stage. But Maybe you're here tonight because somebody invited you. Maybe you're here because you've grown up in the church. And, and you've had these questions about dinosaurs. And you've kind of thought in the back of your mind that science somehow has said that the Bible is not right. Let me reassure you, there is nothing in all of observable science that says that this book is not right. Zero. I do not care what your biology textbook says. Listen to me. 
I care what this book says. This is absolute truth, students. Absolute truth. And it says very clearly, clearly, that death came into the world because of sin. When Adam and Eve sinned, and then everybody since them, which is you and I included, in Romans says we've all sinned. When sin came into the world, there was something that came with sin. Death. Guess what wasn't killing and eating things prior to sin? Dinosaurs. Guess what was, was not blood-containing life prior to sin that was dying? That wasn't happening. There was not blood-containing creatures prior to sin dying. That is not in here. In here over and over again is that death came from sin. Today, the only way to have life is to have the one that gives you life, the one that created life. His name is Jesus Christ. He made the dinosaurs too. And you know what? They tried to kill him, didn't they? And they did it. They didn't just try it. I mean, they, they did it. They buried him in the ground. He was dead, done, finished. Can you take out the one who created life? Let me ask you that question tonight. You think, you think that's going to work out well for you? It's not going to work out well. Because he came back to life. See, the only reason you can have life is if the life giver gives it to you. And there's, a, there's a little biological thing that you've studied in biology, students, over here, focus, right? It says, life only comes from what? Life. Life only comes from life. That's all that we can ever observe. Life comes from life. Guess what? This book says the same thing. Life only comes from life. His name is Jesus Christ. Pray with me. Lord, I thank you tonight for these students in this moment to talk about some of your wonderful creatures called dinosaurs. Lord, I pray that, that, that you challenge us I pray that tonight in this room there are, there are students and adults alike that will seek you, will bring you questions and seek your word. And Lord, I, I know without a doubt you will show them answers. Lord, I thank you for the answers in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. See, Nicodemus, Nicodemus had questions in John chapter 3. It said, he said this. He said, I have told you earthly things, Jesus says, and you do not believe then he goes on to say, how then will you believe me if I speak of heavenly things? See, if you, if you don't trust what this book says about earthly stuff, stuff you can go see and check, then you are going to have doubt in your mind about whether you have an eternity with him or not. It's that simple. Think about it, students.